Ephesians chapter 3, and you know, if somebody ever asks me if I have a favorite scripture in the Bible, um, I have many. <laughs> it's, I mean, to say, you know, you've got this one definitive, but I have many scriptures that have left marks on my life, and this is one of them. It's going to be in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. You can probably quote it with me very easily. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly and above all that we ask, hope, or think according to the power that works in us. Notice that last phrase. It says, according to the power that works in us. What is that power? It is our faith at work. It is the way that we believe. That's in essence what your faith is. It's what do you believe about something. Bill Johnson made this statement. He said, many believers have greater faith in the return of Christ than they do in the power of the gospel. I want to say it a little differently. Many people have more faith in the communion cup than they do in the communion bread. They have more faith in the fact that they have been saved, that their sins have been forgiven. I mean, glory to God. But when it comes to um, healing, health, wholeness, when it comes to God intervening in situations and answering prayers and bringing miraculous power, then it, it, it seems like people don't always have the same level of faith for that. Is, is what I've discovered. So why is faith important? It's because that we receive from God according to our faith. This is why faith is important. What you believe, you receive according to what you believe. In 1 Timothy, Paul, or Timothy said this in chapter six, he said, fight the good fight of faith. Now, I don't know about you. I've never seen anybody walk away from a fight that they lost and said, man, that was a great fight. A good fight is one you win. Those are the ones that you brag about. Those are the ones that are a good fight, amen? So some people think that they're supposed to fight the devil. Well, Phil, you just don't know how hard I've been fighting the devil. Well, why are you fighting him? You're not supposed to be fighting him. Jesus already did. Jesus fought the devil and he defeated him. And it wasn't much of a fight. Because Jesus did a whole nother level than the devil is. The devil's a created being. He doesn't have power. He wants you to think that he does. But he doesn't. And Jesus defeated him. And so here's the good news is since he's been defeated, then all I have to do is fight the good fight of faith as a Christian. That's my responsibility. That's the fight me and you as believers we're called to is the good fight of faith. What is the good fight of faith? It's holding on to what you believe. Let me, there is so much power in belief. Let me give you an example. Aristotle, he was considered one of the greatest minds that ever lived, right? <clears throat> well, Aristotle believed that, some, that a uh, a 10-pound weight versus a one-pound weight, the 10-pound weight would hit the ground first. He believed that, and nobody rebuttaled it, and all they had to do was go stand somewhere high and hold both up and let them go and see whether or not it was true. But nobody did for 2,000 years until in the 1500s, Galileo 
decided he wanted to prove that theory wrong. So he gathered a bunch of learned professors at the bottom of the leaning tower of Pisa. He went up on top and he pushed off a 10 pound weight and a one pound weight at the same time. Something amazing happened. They hit the ground at the same time, exactly the same moment. So when that happened, the professors decided to believe what Aristotle said instead of what their eyes just told them. And they continued to believe that. This is the power of belief. So what we base our belief on is what's important. So when we believe in his word and we believe what God said, and that's the very foundation, that's the, that's the thing that we can build everything upon and that we come back to. This is the importance of knowing the word of God. We know the word of God and so we can put our foundation of faith upon it. Then we've got our faith in the right place. Amen. All right. So faith is, it's crucial for exceeding and abundant things to take place in our lives. In John chapter one, verse 12, I'm going kind of fast because I looked at the time and I shouldn't have. But John chapter one, verse 12 says this. It says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. Believe, this is a key word. So faith is the issue because we can only receive from him to the measure that we trust him. We can only receive from God to the measure that we trust him. Now, turn over to Matthew chapter nine because I want you to see this. We're gonna look at a couple of scriptures in Matthew nine. How many of you brought your Bible? Okay, good, good. These are Bible reading people in here. Matthew chapter nine. Now, Jesus is, it says in verse 28 that he comes into a house And there's some blind men that find their way into the house. They were actually calling out to Jesus. Jesus just goes into the house. I I love so much. When we were on vacation, we had to sit through one of those hour and a half presentations. That was a part of the gig. Somebody blessed us with the vacation. But, you know, do you mind sitting through a presentation? No. So as we sit through this presentation, we sat through the whole office time but then they took us out and they had some they had some um, demo cabins behind the building that they wanted to walk us through and showed us what we would be staying in if we were to sign up you know for this and as we're walking through the salesman keeps um, saying things like now Phil couldn't you see yourself and your family going on vacation in a cabin like this and I wouldn't answer him and he said And he noticed I wasn't answering and he did it two, three times. And then he finally said, I noticed that you haven't answered my question. And I said, yeah, I'm I'm practicing what Jesus did. He said, what do you mean what Jesus did? I said, well, he didn't always answer every question. I said, and I'm not going to give you my little yes when my big yes is going to be a no. (laughs) Okay, so sorry, let me come back. Come back, Phil. So Jesus said to them, so so I'm correlating that to Jesus asking them a question. So these blind men have followed Jesus into the house where Jesus is, these blind men, and they get there and, and Jesus says to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? 
That's a really interesting question. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And of course they answered, yes, we do. Now notice this. They came to Jesus asking about healing with the intent to get healed. Jesus, he talks to them about their believing. He talks to them about where is your faith? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? When they said, yes, we do, in verse 29, it says, then he touched their eyes and he said this statement. It's a very powerful statement. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Not according to the power that flows through me. Not according to how Holy Spirit is gonna move through my body and heal you right now. It's according to your faith. Wow. They put the emphasis on his power. He put the emphasis on their faith. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. So it's according to your faith. Consider this verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse six. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's faith that pleases God. Now, Mark chapter five, you remember there was a woman with an issue of blood. She said to herself, if I can just even touch the hem of his garment, then I know I'll be healed. So she pushes through a crowd and there was a crowd because remember, remember he turned to his disciples and he said, he said, who touched me? And the disciples went, Lord, everybody is touching you. I mean, there's a whole mob of people, but she got through the mob. She touched the hem of his garment. She was healed. And then after she was healed, she was revealed to Jesus. And then Jesus says to her this statement in um, verse 34. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. What made her well? Her faith. Your faith made you well. Huh. This is interesting because this puts the emphasis not on God's ability and his power. It puts the emphasis on my responsibility to believe. I love kids. <clears throat> I told my kids one time, I said, we're going to play a game and you'll only play it one time in your lifetime. It's called 52 card pickup. You guys ever played that game? Somebody's getting ready to go home and, and do it on their kids today. <laughs> you know, you take the deck of cards and you go and they go everywhere. You go, okay, pick them up. 52 card pickup. You only play the game once. Why did I even bring that up? Oh, because I love kids. I'm sorry. Wow. Sometimes I just, well, thank God my wife's in service today. Uh, but, you know, kids have the ability. They believe you. They have faith in you. They don't have things to filter through. They don't have experiences trying to tell them what they can and cannot believe and what's possible and what's not possible. Kids believe anything. Come on, how many of you put a cape on and you jumped off something tall because you believed you could fly? 
just me. It was the boys. It was the boys, right? Us boys, man. We got up on the side of the barn. We got where we got our cape on. I love to put a cape on and then, you know, you stand in front of the fan. Capes. But kids have the ability to believe in the impossible. And so Jesus said, you need to have the faith of a child. Why is that? Not, not, you don't need to go back and become young again. You need to have the faith of a child because a child doesn't have to filter through things. What Jesus is saying is, I don't want you to filter through things. I want you to take me at my word and believe what I said in my word that it's not just, I'm not just able to do it. I will do it. Wow. Wow. See, the church says that it's according to the will of God, but Jesus said it's according to your faith. Now, I remember uh, I brought this book up today. This, we have these on the back table. Dodie Osteen, this is one of my favorite books. It's called Healed of Cancer. She was given three weeks to live. Dodie Osteen was married to John Osteen. That's Joel Osteen's parents. They started Lakewood Church. And back in that time when he was pastoring, there were mighty, powerful men and women of faith. <clears throat> well, when she got her diagnosis, she was given three weeks to live, sent home by the doctor just a little while before Christmas, metastatic cancer of the liver, the most progressive cancer that she could have. She had it. She went home. She got home. Her husband, John, laid hands. Now, her husband is a man full of faith. He put his hands on her. They prayed. People like Oral and Evelyn Roberts called and prayed. Kenneth and Gloria Copeland called and prayed. Kenneth and Aretha Hagen, I want to say Franklin. <laughs> Hagen called. They prayed. Norval Hayes called, prayed. T.L. and Daisy Osborne. I mean, th these names to me, they reek of faith. I mean, these are the people that I learned faith from. They called and prayed. They either came or they called and they laid hands on her and prayed. <clears throat> it was, her story is amazing, but the Holy Spirit spoke to her one night and said to her this, it's not going to be the faith of these great men and women that have prayed for you, that heals you. It's going to be your faith. She recovered from cancer. She's, a, she's alive today because God healed her of cancer. But she had to fight the good fight of faith. It took more than a year. This is one thing I love about her story is the, her consistency, her tenacity, her relentlessness. She would drive, they said that she would be riding in the car, they would drive by a cemetery and she would yell, I will live and not die in, in Jesus' name and declare the works of the Lord. She's quoting scripture. When my mom was in the hospital, we used this book. There's 40 scriptures in this book when my mom had her massive heart attack that I took those scriptures and I, I even went further. Now I've got 60 to 80 scriptures that are in my phone that I keep my, in my phone and I quote them every day. Because I want my faith to increase. I want to grow in 
my faith. All right, Romans or Mark chapter 9, verse 23 says this. Jesus said this. He made a powerful statement. He said, if you can believe, if you can believe, all things are, how many things? All things are possible to him who believes. Wow. So I want to bring up a statement. Studying the word of God, studying scripture over and over and over causes your faith to grow. It causes your faith to increase. It displaces unbelief. Studying sickness over and over causes your faith uh, to be displaced. Get, uh, give you an example on that. So, um, talking with a person, there they've been dealing with you know a, a uh, ailment in their body for some time. <clears throat> they told me so much about that ailment that I thought they were a doctor at moments because they knew every everything about it. I mean, you know, I was just like, wow you know so much about this ailment. All the reasons why they'd even gone back in their family, they'd studied, they, they knew uh, people that had had it back in, so it's back here in my family history. These were the outcomes, this was the effects. And <clears throat> I'm like, I didn't know how to tell them. Okay, wait, 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 wait. You know what the ailment is. You know what it can do. That should be the end of this conversation. I asked her, I said, I said, now, what has the Holy Spirit been showing you about that ailment? Has he given you any scriptures? She, I could tell she tried to quote 1 Peter 2.24 from memory. And she was mostly right on it. But I could tell because she didn't know that scripture nearly as well as she knew this. Does that make sense? Because when you study the sickness, then you begin to develop faith in the sickness more than you develop faith in the answer. See, Dodie Osteen was a nurse. So medically, she understood what was happening in in her body. But she was able to overcome her experience and her knowledge of cancer and build her faith on the answer. Oh, man. Good. Wow. I just, looking at the clock, it's bad. All right. So I'm gonna, here's, oh, man, where do I wanna go? Where do I wanna go? All right, I'm gonna keep going, okay? Deuteronomy chapter one, turn over there. Deuteronomy one. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses is recounting to the Israelites the, their history. Basically, he's going back and he's looking over here and he's, and he's talking about all the things that they've been through, what their history has been. And so it picks up in verse 19 as he's talking about 
different things that they've been through. He said, and so he's, he's at a part where they traveled in the wilderness. And he says in verse 19, he says, then just as the Lord our God commanded us, we left Mount Sinai, we traveled through the great and terrifying wilderness, as you yourselves remember, and we headed toward the hill country of the Amorites when we arrived in Kadesh Barnea. And he said in verse 20, I said to you, you have now reached the hill country of the Amorites and the Lord our God, that the Lord our God is giving us. Verse 21, look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Verse 22, but you all came to me and said, first, let us send out scouts to explore the land for us. They will advise us on the best route to take and which towns we should enter. In verse 23, Moses says, this seemed like a good idea. How many of you have been there? Been through something that seemed like a good idea. He said, this seemed like a good idea to me. And so I chose 12 scouts and from each one of your tribes and sent them into the city. What happened? They came back and they brought a what? A bad report. They brought back a bad report. And it wasn't so much the, the, the report being bad was the bad thing. It was how it discouraged everyone's faith. Everybody's faith was here and now it's here. Just by their report. See, in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 5, it says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. See, our faith shouldn't be over here in the wisdom of men. Our faith should be in the power of God. He's the one that has the power. What we need is to believe to fight the good fight of faith. Now, I need to say this because that doesn't mean that you don't have faith because every person has been dealt the measure of faith. What we need to do is use the faith we have. I mean, you have muscles. I used to have to go to the chiropractor all the time. You know why? I had a sit down desk job. My body was not getting used, not very much. I didn't start working out until I turned 35. I'm double nickels now. And so when I was, uh, when I started exercising, what happened was suddenly my muscles began to strengthen in my back and they began to hold my vertebrae together. I didn't have to go to the chiropractor nearly as often because I was using the muscles that I had. And when you use the muscles that you have, when you use the faith that you have, it gets strengthened. But anybody will tell you, you don't go into the gym when you haven't worked out and throw 250 pounds on the bar and go, let's go. No, you'll be trapped, first of all, if you don't have a spotter. (laughs) But no, you work up to that. You develop your muscles a little at a time. When I started exercising at 35, I remember I went to the gym and I thought, I thought a friend of mine and I had committed. We we're going to go every, every morning. And I remember the first time I took the 10 pounders. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm starting embarrassing. Like, and so I do my 10 pounders, you know, and I bumped it up to 15, hit the twenties just lightly, you know, and then you know what happened? 
few days later, I couldn't bend my arms past this. Why? My muscles hadn't been used. Now it doesn't affect me nearly because I exercise constantly. I mean, on a daily basis, not constantly. On a daily basis, some exercise is good, the Bible says. <laughs> the prophet's little, right? So, so what I, my point in saying that is why would we put, why would we put so much into the wisdom of man when we could have the power of God in our lives. See, when we're studying the sickness, we're putting faith in the wisdom of men, but when we study the Word of God, we're putting faith in a much better foundation, amen. So, so yes, we live in the world that is under a curse. I understand that. It's, it's a cursed world that we lived in. But here's the good news. We've been redeemed from the curse. Galatians 3, 13 to 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that's you and I, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit how? Through faith. That's how it comes. All right. <clears throat> so we can't blame God when he's given us the responsibility to believe. First John 5 verse 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Okay. So there's an enemy. And I'm going to end on these two points. There's an enemy to our faith. Turn, turn over to Genesis chapter 3, very first book in the Bible. Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve, God has placed them in the garden. He's given them this beautiful home to live in. But he's given Adam the responsibility to tend the garden. That means you keep critters out of your garden, right? And so there's a serpent in the garden. And I think it's interesting that the serpent is either on, near, or around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he's made it all the way into the center of the garden and he's having a conversation with Eve and I wanted to point that out because Adam is standing right next to her. This is not just Eve at the tree. This is both of them. And they're both standing there and listen to what the enemy says to them. He says in verse one of chapter three, one day he asked the woman, Did, so he's been in there one day that means he's been there more than one day. I, I didn't see that until now. One day he asked the woman, did God really say, you must not eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden? This is what the enemy does. The first enemy of your faith is this verse right here. The enemy comes and he presents doubt in the form of a question. Did God really say? Did God really say that you couldn't eat of the tree of the knowledge of evil? See, so if he can get you to question, then he can get you to doubt. Because what you believe determines your faith. And if you get into doubt, then now that's determining your faith. All right, and I'll end with this. So 
the enemy wanted them to focus on the one thing that they didn't, they couldn't have. The one thing that they couldn't have, the one tree that they couldn't eat from. They had every other tree in the garden available to them. They could eat from any of them and enjoy life. But what's the enemy do? No, let's focus on the one that you can't have. That's what he does with a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to get saved because they think it's all about rules. Why? Because the enemy puts their attention on the one thing that they can't have instead of all the things that they get in a relationship with God. So there was a college professor, it made me think of this. There was a college professor who um, decided to do this in his class. And he held up a piece of paper and said, okay, and you notice there's a little dot on the piece of paper. He said, okay, students, here's what, here's what we're going to do today. I want you to write a one-page essay now in class on what you see on this paper. So they all begin to write. He stuck it up there where everybody could see it. And they all begin to write. And so they begin to write things about the dot, the circumference of the dot and how small the dot was or how big the dot was or where it was located on the page that the dot was lonely and it needed friends, someone to connect to, you know? And I mean, they they came up with all of these creative writings about the dot. And then the college professor stood up after he looked at all of the essays, read through them, And he stood back up and he held the piece of paper up and he said, every single one of you, every student wrote about the dot. He said, I want to remind you what my instructions were. He said, what I said was, I want you to write about what's on this page. All of you wrote about the dot. None of you wrote about the rest of the page. Mm -hmm. Because the emphasis is on what's wrong, what's on the page. See, whenever you have an ailment, whenever you have a sickness in your body, it's, it's easy to have strong faith when you're feeling good. This is one of the reasons I believe that, that it's easy to pray for people who are sick because you're feeling good. You're not experiencing what they're experiencing. And so your faith is at a different place than theirs. They're fighting a different fight than you. But she talked about in her book, she talked about the fear that she went through. Do you mind if I read just a little excerpt? She said, how I fought fear. She said, people often ask me if I struggle with fear. Oh, how I battled, oh, how I battled with fear. When I was strong in my body, I never felt fear. But when I was weak and sick, fear would overwhelm me. I wanted to be, I want to be honest with you. I am a wife of a pastor and a faith teacher. But first of all, I'm a human being. I have thoughts, feelings, just like anyone else. I had to cast down imaginations. I laughed at symptoms. I'm a registered nurse. I understood how my body was supposed to function. I understood that it was not functioning properly. Certain things the doctor had said now brought fear to my heart. Those were the thoughts I had to fight against most. And I still have to resist them sometimes today. Satan would torment me. 
with the doctor's words. You only have a few weeks to live, a few weeks to live, a few weeks to live. He would use pain and then say, you're going to die. Your family should bury you in that pink dress that you have. You look so good in it. But I would replace those thoughts, listen to this, with God's word and say, with long life, will you satisfy me and show me his salvation? Psalm 91:16. the devil bombarded my mind with every kind of fear imaginable, especially when everybody was asleep and I lay awake, symptoms came against my body, mostly demonic and tormenting thoughts, just trying my faith. I fought so hard in the middle of the night. This is when the devil's thoughts would play on my mind. Many nights I would lie awake and pray continually rebuking the spirit of fear. I felt like I had battle fatigue. What's she fighting? The good fight of faith. She said, but I kept on pushing, fighting. In order to keep my mind from drifting to the negative, I would walk around saying with every step, by his stripes, I am. I would meditate on his stripes or on scriptures like it is God who works in me both to will and to do for his good pleasure, Philippians 2.13. The word of God would always encourage me and make me feel better, but the devil challenged every step of faith I took. Did you hear that statement? The devil challenged every step of faith that I took. Each time I quoted scripture, he would say, it hasn't done you one bit of good to confess the word of God, has it? He would question every promise of God. I quoted scripture after scripture daily. As I used God's word, I became stronger and stronger and stronger. Keith Moore shared about how he was asked to come and to pray for a missionary, missionary that he knew very well. She was a woman full of faith. But again, your faith is never test is not tested until you're facing something. It's different when the pain's in your body and you're believing God standing in faith. It's a different fight. You guys saw that in that book, right? And so he said, so they they brought Keith to where she was. She was in a bed. She was so weak she could hardly speak. She was laying down. She had been healthy a week earlier or something. It wasn't very long. <clears throat> and she was so weak. And he said that when he got there, God led him to, to quote to her Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am strong. And he said, we're going to do something. He said, I, I'm going to say a scripture to you and I would like you to repeat after me. He said, say this, this is Joel 3.10. It's a scripture you know very well. He said, say this after me, let the weak say, I am strong. And she said, let the weak say, I am strong. He said, okay, we're going to say it again. Let's quote it again together. Let the weak say, I am strong. She said, let, let the weak say, I am strong. They kept doing this over and over and over and over until 
by the time he left, she was sitting up in the bed. And with the full voice that you hear me talking with now, she was saying, let the weak say, I am strong. What was happening? The word works, if you believe it. If you don't believe it, I don't believe in healing. Well, then I wouldn't expect it to work for you. Oh, I laid hands on somebody one time and they didn't get healed. Really? So you give up on the whole deal? I mean, I, I know of quarterbacks that wanted to win the Super Bowl that never won the Super Bowl, but they didn't quit football. I mean, why would we turn loose of our faith so quick? All right, let me finish. <clears throat> wow. I'm gonna read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 13, when, I'm gonna end with this. When, when my mom was in the hospital and she had had a massive heart attack and we were believing God for her healing. And whenever I was personally, when I was faced with that, walking through that with her and and I've been in other situations. There was a scripture that set me free from a lie that the enemy would come and would tell me. The enemy would come and would tell me, you don't have enough faith for that. You don't, have you ever, has, any, you know, has this ever happened to you guys? You don't have enough faith for that. You need, you need some more faith. And as I was believing God for mom's healing, he took me to this scripture, showed me the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says this, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you were able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. This, this scripture set me free because I, I used to always associate that to sexual temptation. I didn't realize that it was a temptation to doubt. To, I mean, that's, a, that's every bit as much a temptation. To doubt what God said, to disbelieve what he said. And when I read that scripture, I got encouraged because I was like, wait a minute, God won't allow me. What do you mean I don't have enough faith? God will not allow me to be tempted beyond that which I am able. I have all the faith that I need for what I'm facing today. I can overcome it because he's made sure that I will not be tempted beyond that which I'm able. So I'm telling you this morning, I don't care what you're going through in here, what you're facing, the challenges that are up in your face, the things that you're dealing with right now, God has made sure that you are not being tempted beyond that which you are able. You have the faith that you need. What we need to do is take our faith and use it. How do I do that, Pastor Phil? Well, I'll tell you a good start. I do this in my phone. I, I keep, I really enjoy notes on the iPhone. I know it's like probably one of the least used apps on there, but you can see right here, my scriptures for healing. I have a little title, just have the scriptures in there I've gone through. They, they are most of the scriptures that we used when mom was praying, 
but I've added a whole lot more in there. And so what I do is I begin to go through and I begin to say them out loud. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm free from what I see because I choose to walk in faith. First Corinthians 2, 5 says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We read that. Second Corinthians 4, 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen, for the thing which are, things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Oh. Mark 4, 14, the sower sows the word. I'm doing that right now. I am sowing the word of God into my situation. This is not a formula. This is a faith builder. This is not a systematic system of miracle success that if you quote these healing scriptures, suddenly, no, you have to believe it, speak it from your heart, and then God will direct you. You'll lock in on specific scriptures that he'll draw you to, and that's where the power is. That's where, if he's drawing you to that, there's a reason. Amen. Okay. And like Nicole says, it's simple, but not easy. Because like I said, you're, you're going to be faced with situations where sometimes you may have pain in your body, where you may feel like you're going through something and your faith is being shaken in that moment. And I'm telling you, it's time to fight the good fight of faith. You don't lose unless you give up. Do we, do we believe that? Hang in there. I want to encourage you this morning. Let this be a lifter for you. Let this be an encouragement to you. Hang in there. Don't give up on what you're praying for, what you're believing God for. Find scriptures that support what you're praying. Don't just pray something and, and never pray and say, oh, I hope this happens. No, find a scripture. That's so important. Find a scripture that you can stand on, that you can put your feet, faith feet on and go, Lord, this is my scripture. This is what I am standing on. Do you know I have scriptures for Vision Church that I go through and I quote every day? Because there are things that we're believing God for. Yeah, you see it's new. Okay, I'm gonna pray. We're gonna, we're gonna dismiss. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just really, I felt like I needed to finish that this morning. So let me, let me pray. Did you get something out of that? Was that helpful for you? Glory to God. I, I, I don't know about you. I'm a practical guy. I love things that I can put my arms around and I can take it and I can go use it and put it to work in my own life. So would you stand up with me this morning? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.